अब आप सुन रहे हैं बॉक्स आउट एफ एम हर वक्त हर जगह नए जमाने का Welcome to Fresh Out the Box, another episode of the in-house podcast at Box Out FM, where artists speak to artists. And today, I am really excited to be in conversation with Ami Dang, who is a composer, producer, sitarist, and just all-around musical extraordinaire from Baltimore. She is a South Asian American artist, interpolating elements of Indian classical traditions with electronic, experimental, and ambient music. Uh, Ami's new album, The Living World's Demands, comes out on November fourth via Leaving Records and Phantom Limb, and we're really excited about it and really excited to be speaking to Ami today. Uh, welcome to Fresh Out the Box, and thanks so much for being with us. Thanks so much for having me, Ronak. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, like I said, I'm so happy to be finally having this conversation because I've followed your work for many years now, and I used to live in LA. and that's when i had first heard of you when i used to go to some of those leaving records shows like outside under the tree in uh, in uh, in highland park and that's when i had first heard your work and uh, of course my interest was peaked because being south asian being there i hadn't i wasn't seeing a lot of south asian people in the experimental music scene so i had i was immediately kind of drawn to your work of course and uh, you know my first introduction to it was your album in 2019 parted planes and Of course it's been a little while since then and you've been doing a uh, little like EP and collaborations here and there but uh, this is kind of the first full like full length album since then so I guess uh, you know I would love to hear you just speak about how you've evolved since then and like why return to this format now and uh, what it means to you right now Sure yeah um Yeah, I think like you mentioned Parted Planes came out in 2019. I put out an EP in 2020 and have just done some one-off tracks and collaborations since then. Um this album The Living World's Demands in some ways I, I mean actually not in some ways but in truly in all the ways it's been in the works for for a really long time. I actually some of the songs on this album I started far before I even worked on anything from Parted Planes and anything from Meditations. um and this was kind of this was actually supposed to be the album in some ways that would have come out in 2019 but i kind of put this aside at that time in favor of um working on the work in parted planes um and also there are songs that would have been on this album had it come out at that time that i've chucked since then right so you know that just happens it's part process of being an artist you try some things if they don't work you move on right so um but this album it's been a long time coming and Um this album kind of goes back to some of my kind of references the the format of my earlier albums in some ways that where there's songs with pop structures and my, by that I mean you know chorus verse chorus verse um etc um but still I I think I've developed my skills as a producer pretty um in a in a pretty significant way in just the past 2 3 years and uh really I the way I approach this album I think I should say the way I've approached previous albums is kind of with this constant nagging thought about how I'm going to manifest it live and I didn't do that with this album and I think that actually really helped me go more deeply as a producer um to think to not worry about the limitations of like having two hands which is always kind of a struggle for me 
playing sitar and triggering electronics and all that kind of stuff. Although now, now I'm playing with more people, which is great. So that more can happen in a live setting. But as far as the themes and concepts, um, I'm just sort of, you know, we're just starting the album promotion here. So I'm just getting used to really talking about this publicly. But um, this this album is really driven by kind of everything that's been happening politically. And I mean, part of it is just through my process of understanding the world, kind of becoming what I consider like a fully grown adult <laughs> um, in some ways and and processing just what's been happening in the last, you know, 10 plus years, really, the the authoritarianism that's that's kind of taking hold over the world and this by this, this you know polarization of political attitudes um a lot of gender politics reproductive health um you know body control politics that are like kind of has been really taking over especially very recently in the US but but you know that's been uh, you know the the me too movement that happened you know whenever that was some years ago now it's been a while um you know, there's been these this ebb and flow of of um, cultural and systemic change and push and pull in all these different directions. So a lot of so basically, you know, the crux is that these songs really come out of all of that, and 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 also um, thinking about the state of surveillance that we're in, um, and and how we really can't get away from that anymore. That's something that I. I find really frustrating in this day and age is you can't opt out of anything. I think, especially in the U S um, you, you have to sort of be locked into um, everything that, you know, I don't know with, with the state of surveillance that we're in, you know, you can't just exist, exist as an anonymous person. Um, and, and yeah, so, so there's, a, there are a lot of themes flying around. Um related to that yeah no for sure i mean it's interesting to hear like how how conceptual it is because uh i mean the the first thing that stood out to me is obviously that there's more there's more singing and there's more vocals in this album as opposed to the last one which was pretty much completely instrumental right so i'm hearing those themes for sure and like this thing you're saying about the push and pull just the the kind of turmoil and the conflict of what you're observing around you it's it's very obvious in the music as well which has this kind of this like really like naughty like like tension like at the core of it and uh I really like that because I feel like in the previous album there was some of that but it was in a sense more kind of comforting and more immersive and now this new album sounds a bit more confrontational and it sounds a bit more it, it definitely is a bit more in uh I wouldn't say in your face but I guess just a bit more uh loud and a bit more uh bit more assertive about its its themes so I'm definitely hearing that for sure. And um, yeah, and I really like the single as well, which is due to come out uh, tomorrow, I guess, or day after tomorrow, 10th August. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know, we're, we're gonna play it on, uh, on this episode as well, for sure. Stuck in my No. 
Yeah. 
and you know you also mentioned previously that uh, you know your your kind of like grasp of production has evolved a lot as well so maybe uh, like talk a little bit about like making the songs themselves like just i'm curious to know like how your process is do you work with other producers or are you kind of writing and recording and arranging yourself or it's kind of like generally what your process is like yeah sure um my practice is is heavily independent um the only other person i sometimes work with or drive feedback from really is my partner who's also a musician producer he's more of like a i you know play with synths in my bedroom and and don't take it beyond that um and but uh you know so he doesn't really like put his music out publicly or anything but um i do sometimes you know i ask him for feedback um and he's been playing live with me but the process otherwise for me is first and foremost very much a solo practice which i've it's been i mean that's there's like some push and pull with that i think when i started playing music i feel like i think as a really young woman i felt some kind of like maybe it was like you know coming from my ego to some extent but also at that time in the late aughts that it was really important for me to do everything this like diy was like the thing right and so um i think that some you know i still kind of carry that spirit forward in in my attempt to kind of do everything which is writing producing recording i have my own recording set up now so i really don't go to a studio if i were to record drums or something i would go to a studio but there's no live drums in this album um so i record my sitar and my vocals myself uh but yeah i i primarily use ableton live um and i primarily personally produce with heavily with software synthesizers so using plugins um Isotope plugins, Absinthe plugins for anybody who's uh, who's out there, production nerds who are out there. I know you're out there. So I'll, you know, just some, some of those are are like uh, Eventide uh, plugins are all yeah, over this yeah. album. Um, so those are the, you know, between the effects um, and the synthesizers, it's heavily software based. My, mm. my partner, on the other hand, is a modular synthesist and sort of and brought a little bit of that into one of the songs on the album called Betting on the Bull. But anyway, but I'll, just to go back to sensations. Yeah. So I usually I mean, the process for sensations, actually, this is one of the songs that did start a pretty long time ago where I I'll often just play around with with some some notes and a timbre I like so picking out a synthesizer you know a timbre and picking out sort of a progression um looping it it was something I did live years ago with the core kind of um there's like a synth riff that that starts actually it starts in the song at the very beginning and sort of comes back in different ways throughout the song but is pretty present throughout um and when I first uh kind of developed that little riff I I did a set actually live set where I just sort of sang over it just really improvised there weren't really lyrics or anything at that point um for those of you who are interested who are sorry um uh who know about Indian classical music I do a lot of kind of a lop when I sing live especially yeah. so a lot of uh you know over like some synthesis and then I kind of put that when I came back to that song much later then I was like oh actually I think this um, I kind of was like, okay, let me add some beats in. Let me see like where, how it, like, can this become a real song? You know, let's figure that out. So then I usually um, add, add beat production. Um, and then I actually like, I put that aside for a really long time. Like I said, this was actually pre-parted planes. 
I, I worked on private planes. I wanted at that time, I really wanted to go back to just, or like to, to kind of delve into just using sitar and electronics and really just improvising with sitar as a starting place. Um, Mm-hmm. rather than starting with the computer so that was kind right, of a right. big difference between this album and the and parted planes especially but anyway um and then i came back to sensations like last year sometime maybe yeah a little more than a year ago um probably more than that actually sorry the lyrics and all probably developed even before parted planes anyway um, so came back to the lyrics. Yeah, the lyrics, like I do remember being in kind of a very confusing, depressive sort of state, um, which is not abnormal for me. Um, it's something that I am trying to talk more openly about, especially with this song. Um, this song in some ways is um a reflection on suicidal ideation and also a reflection on just the kind of state that we're in where we we can't avoid the content and the media that's around us and we often let ourselves sort of fall prey to to really being in the content and in the media so much so that we like let it both be a full distraction from our own lives but also use the media to emulate what our own lives should be and like hold ourselves to a standard that is unrealistic in many ways. Um, so anyway, so I was kind of thinking about those things when writing the song and then, um, then that's when I think I kind of put it aside. It had lyrics, it had some sense, it had some beats. And then about a year ago, I really fleshed it out into what it is now. So, um, there's a lot more, I mean, for lack of a better word, like th- this album has a lot of kind of more sound design elements where effects are really dynamic and um, a lot of different timbres coming in and out. And so that's where uh, probably a little more than a year ago, I brought in all of these other elements. Um, yeah. Right. Right. And the, and uh, what you said, like like the sitar is not, it is it is there in this new record, but it's not like the main kind of fe- like featured instrument. And, you know, obviously... When I first heard your work, that that is the main thing I heard. I heard parted planes, and it's like, oh, the, I mean, I've never heard a sitar being used this way. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, one thing that I would also want to talk about is just your usage of the sitar and your usage of Indian classical music. Because I know that you studied music uh, and everything, but uh, you know, I guess the way you kind of have reimagined the usage of the sitar is is what really like draws me especially that's why I keep going back to the first album because like there are certain songs on there. Uh, I think uh, the one called um, Auber Jin, if I'm saying that correctly. Yeah. Like, like the way the sitar sounds in that, it just like growing up, having grown up listening to classical music at home or whatever. And like, it's, it's not like anything I've heard. I've never heard the sitar being used that way. And it's just a really like clever and creative reimagination of the instrument.
I guess I would like to hear you talk about like you know how your background learning this kind of music also being sick american like how all of this is kind of playing into how you're making the music like if that makes sense yeah definitely so i started learning sitar when i was about 12 my mom had found a teacher in maryland um in the baltimore area where i grew up and she was really interested in having me play my parents are not artists or musicians but my mom kind of always wanted to learn indian music um and so i kind of just agreed and i at that point i was really interested in singing i took dance lessons i took piano and violin at a very young age but i i quit because i just didn't like practicing i think um and then so i started taking sitar at my mom's sort of request um i hated it I and I and I and I hated it because not because I hated the instrument and not because I hated music and this is something that drives me a little nuts about the way um instruments are taught is because I just didn't like the discipline of practicing. I think I'm just I'm not hyper focused. That's part of, I think that's actually partly why I make the music I make is cuz I don't right, hyper focus right. on one thing. I'm kind of always right, jumping right, around. Right. Yeah. And the dis- and the discipline required like the discipline yeah. required in learning Indian traditional is is very intense like i mean i couldn't handle yes. it when i was trying to do it as a kid either yeah. exactly exactly and so my mom would like make me practice before going to bed and you know cuz i would put i'd procrastinate and then finally i'd be practicing and i'd be falling asleep as a little kid but she kept pushing me which for better or worse at the time i was very annoyed with it but she kind of kept pushing me to keep taking lessons and kept paying for them So after a couple years, about two and a half years then she was like, "Okay, you really hate this. I don't want to keep paying for it. You can stop." And then I came back around to it when I was a little bit older. So I played like, you know, 12 to 14 or 15. Then after two and a half years of a break, I came back and was like, "No, actually this is cool. This is interesting, right? I think it's that time when you're like a very young teen tween." and you're kind of just trying to fit in, right? So anything mm-hmm. especially in the US and even in India, I think playing an Indian classical instrument would not be seen as cool or whatever, right? But yeah, unless definitely. you're yeah. yeah, yeah. And then when you once you're kind of in high school and you're you're a little bit older than you're trying to like then I was realizing that oh, like something this is something different. I was more getting more interested in um kind of non-mainstream music, right? So that it's it's interesting because in some ways the fact that the sitar didn't have a place in the western music kind of like colonial cur- curricula or the colonized curriculum i should say mm-hmm. the fact yeah. that sitar didn't have a place in that was actually in some ways what brought me to music technology and electronic mm. music um and i i was like really really privileged really lucky lucky to have an electronic music class available in my very last year of school um before going to do my bachelor's degree and so that exposed me to the just the beginnings of you know this is like way pre garage band all that stuff pre like you know having access easily to to things um to to having like a laptop computer or whatever um so this was like yeah so the idea of having pro tools at the time i was using pro tools to record um so i just learned that and then i went to college and i happened to go to a school where there was a really amazing conservatory of music and because i had some experience electronic in electronic music the conservatory the the music technology program in the conservatory they let me take a class that was really restricted to 
majors only. Like I would have had to have applied to that program in high school, which I didn't. Um, but then I took that class. I ended up applying to the program. I got into the program. So I was on track to kind of continue in the program. But in some ways, I think my it was those formative years of like, so when you play sitar, you're not playing bass or guitar, an instrument that like fits into like the rock band right. um, kind of setup. And so I think in some ways, it was like I had friends who played kind of rock instruments, right? And they were in bands and it didn't, there wasn't like a natural fit for me to, yeah, to, to yeah. be in bands with them. And so it, I think it's interesting to me to reflect on that now that that's actually what took me into like experimenting with loops was, you know, it's like the first right. thing you kind of play around with and just record, like recording little riffs on the sitar and layering them on top of one another in the, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in the DAW. Um, and then in, in my undergraduate degree, I, definitely became you know applied i think i i have in ambient music you know you have a lot of like more non-linear kind of abstract music and this you know i grew up learning a lot on the sitar and on, vo on and singing i also took indian classical vocals um north you know hindustani classical um and so this notion of just sort of free somewhat free form not that a lap is like totally free form because obviously when you're mm -hmm. singing in a, singing or sorry playing in a rag um you know, you're, there is some structure, but I think in some ways I've brought a lot of that kind of formative, um, those teachings and that form to the idea of playing ambient music. Um, and then also just because, like I said, the sitar did not have any place in the music conservatory in terms of, you know, there wasn't a real curriculum that was anything mm. outside of the Western canon. So in that way, I think because of that, it was like there were no rules and there was no structure for me. And then that led to me just doing whatever I wanted. Um, mm -hmm. And so and thinking about this, you know, the sitar and and vocals and Indian music just as another, you know, way for me to um, really, you know, at first tap into my identity and trying to understand my identity as someone who is. Sikh Punjabi American. I'm not, you know, in, in the US, I think this is kind of changing now, at least on the left to some extent that like there very much is a, a hybrid identity. But um, I'm in my late 30s. So when I was younger, I think, you know, it's like you're, I'm very much seen different. as like, yeah. not, yeah, I'm not American. When I go to India, as soon as I open my mouth, people are like, you're not Indian either, you know? So it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm neither here nor there. So I think mm -hmm. over, I mean, that's something too that. I keep coming back to with my music is establishing. I mean, this I've start. I I think I used to describe my music as like a meeting of East and West. And I'm like, no, actually that's not it anymore. It mm -hmm. is. I am really trying to form a very distinct musical identity that is totally a product of everything I, I am and grew up with, you know, and um, for sure. Yeah. And for context too, like when I, you know, AOL and aim chat and like dial up modems were, part of my like tween teenage years so I always like think about how like when I used to log online I used to hear that sound of the modem every day and that was just like the first noise set I was ever exposed to yeah <laughs> all <laughs> yeah. the time so yeah. um sure, that's so true yeah. yeah uh so it's like you know growing up I think in that those er and the early internet like really early all those angel fire websites and like those kinds mm -hmm. of visuals and chat rooms um you know, I, I think there's a lot of nostalgia for that now, which is it, it's funny to me to think about those days. For sure. But, 
Yeah. But yeah. That's sort of, I think the, you know, and then, and then being at home, but having this like oldies, Bollywoods, um, Shabbat mm-hmm. Girthin, you know, Sikh Girthin kind of as the like soundscape in the background that my parents are playing. Um, so it's just really, you know, my music, I think kind of comes out of all of that. I think that combination that you've just said is like exactly how I would imagine this new album for sure. Cause it, it definitely is occupying a more like, I don't not like almost like futuristic or like digital kind of world. And it's really cool to hear Indian music elements being like abstracted and being used in that space. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think whatever you said also about like, you know, how to sort of reclaim your music and reclassify it as uh, uniquely yourself and not trying to fit into like maybe a, a more colonialized kind of description of it. I think like right now, especially more than ever before, at least personally, I feel like I'm noticing like there's currently this like cultural moment of like South Asian identity diaspora, like South Asian American musicians specifically are like really having a moment right now. And I think like South Asian culture is like more in the mainstream quote unquote, for the lack of a better word. And personally, as somebody who has made music in the US and now does it here and this and that, like I've had like a problematic relationship with like sort of how this stuff is seen. Uh, And like, just like sort of the the way identity politics kind of plays into the whole thing, because I do feel like Indian music is kind of perceived in a certain way, or I don't know, maybe if you feel that way or like there's a certain association of it with like, I don't know, like new agey stuff or like meditation or this and that. Right. And that may not always be the case because like you said, your new album is like, it's, it's dealing with some really pressing emotions and issues and things that you're observing. And it's not about what one would think a sitar Indian music album is about. Right. So uh, yeah, I guess just generally, like, what what are your feelings about about stuff like that? Yeah, thank you for bringing this up because this is something I think as I kind of drift in and out of even just talking about my work, it I'm always reminded of this. Like, I think something that happened with Parted Planes and definitely the Meditations mixtape is, um, you know, getting being called a New Age artist, and I have been really touch and go at, you know, at first I was like, whatever, I'm just going to embrace it. And then as I learned more about the new age movement and did some research, you know, did my own research on that. I just can't help but think about how problematic that whole Mm -hmm. movement is. And now I think using that term is just, it's super problematic and I don't feel like I identify with it at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, and in some ways, like, you know, making music, like, like this album that's coming out is really like me trying to say, Hey, that's not what I am. Um, Mm. I may make ambient music, but I'm really not trying to be a new age artist. Um, I do think there is this rift right now that um, politically, uh, you know, it's not super active right this moment, but um, I was involved with some people at the, at the recording, the recording Academy at one point was, um, or I'd say there was a group of artists who were trying to get the new age category changed and that didn't happen. But anyway, um, so there's like this, the kind of greater new age community, there's sort of the old guard. Right. And then there's the, the new guard, the people, the BIPOC guard. Right. Like, um, so anyway, I don't, we don't need to get into that, but, um, yeah, I, I think that there is totally this tendency for people I mean, people, it's hard for me to talk about my music when people haven't heard it. 
And, and it mm. comes up all the time with people who are like, okay, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I combine Sathar and vocals and electronics, you know, and I, I feel like the, the inclination is that it's like, oh, okay, it's Eastern, it's spiritual. Mm. Um, there's this like, you know, yeah, the yoga, like new age connotation. Yeah. Like exotifying it kind of. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. you think that we would in 2022 have like started to get away from that, but definitely not. Um, yeah. You know, in the last decade too, we've seen such a huge, like the way that wellness culture has become totally commodified and um, the idea of self-care has really, I think like the concept of self-care and like the wellness sort of the capitalist, the capitalism of wellness or um, commodification of it has really even like put ambient music as like as new age quote unquote like even further in the forefront which is it's great for people who make that music like just to you know um thank you for buying my music on Bandcamp I appreciate that but but you know the way it's I definitely see people the way it's written about um the way it's talked about the connotation that comes to people's minds is really problematic and then also just like yeah the references that are lost I mean I think in some ways in in some ways, like people do think of South Asian music, but people don't think about indigenous music, for example, Na like right. and like Native American, American Indian music, right? So, so there's also like the New Age sort of category gets has has pulled from so many different cultures, brown cultures, cultures from the global South that really get completely shoved aside now and not credited um, in mm -hmm. a way that I really hope continues to change or that people at least continue to talk about i've seen like i said glimmers of conversation about this um, yeah but yeah. you know we still have a long way to go for sure for sure i think it's just the more music comes out of this kind and the more kind of we we just the more it becomes clear that it isn't meant to be classified it, it should just be consumed as music for music's sake yeah. i think over time maybe maybe we'll start to see this evolve in a more positive direction but uh but yeah, um, I think uh, I think uh, you know I've I really liked like just hearing like how you've like reflected on the album and everything, and uh, appreciate you taking out the time to speak to us. And uh, we're really excited for the release of the new album. And uh, Sensations is out day after tomorrow, which is the tenth of August, and uh, we'll be uh, premiering that on this episode as well. Awesome. Uh, but uh, but yeah, thanks so much again for taking out the time to speak to us and. Uh, Really, yeah, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, huge fan. And I'm super excited for your music to come out. Yeah. Thank you. Likewise. Likewise.